This is episode number 298 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Thanks a lot to our show sponsor, Smith Street Paleo. Remember, hop over, rate and review the podcast, and we will send you a goodie bag from Smith Street Paleo. In this week's show, we get back on the show, our good friend all the way from Las Vegas, Mr. Mike Marler. It's two years later, but welcome back to the show all the way from Las Vegas. Mike Marler, Mike, how are you doing? Doing good. One desert to another, huh? <laughs> one, one desert to another, mate. Yeah. You've been incredibly busy over the last couple of years. We've we recorded, I think, 150 or something podcasts since we had you on. I was just checking it out last night. It's something. Oh, wow. It's something wild. Your podcast, the Live Life Aggressively podcast, the Aggressive Strength brand that you brought out. You've got almost 200 podcasts now, so you've definitely been busy, mate, haven't you? Yeah, it's amazing. I never envisioned. I mean, I. You never know what you're going to get into when you start a podcast. You may do 10 episodes and never do it again. You may do it for years. Who knows? You don't yeah. know until you do it. But all these years later, 200, it's it's pretty cool. And, and I feel only maybe recently have I really got into a nice groove with right. podcasting. <laughs> the first year, you're just figuring it out, what your style is. You don't really know what direction you're going in. Second year, you start getting more comfortable. I think once you get around 200 episodes, you're a legitimate player. You're in this for keeps. You're not just messing around. <laughs> <with that anymore. laughs> Mate, dialing back a little bit, when we were in touch before, you're obviously doing a lot of work and a lot of teaching on A, kettlebells, but B, what's obviously more interesting is, is, is hormones and stuff. So talk us through yeah. sort of what in the last two years you, you've been up to on, on that level and, and, and what's sure. going on. I mean, like we were talking before we started recording, I always pursue whatever I'm interested in. And hormone optimization is something I got into years ago while I was still very active as a kettlebell instructor, mainly for personal reasons. I was going through a serious adrenal burnout in 2002. I had no energy. I was just zapped out. I was getting sick. And it just didn't make sense to me because I was trying to embody a fitness lifestyle. So I just realized that stress kills, literally. And if you you ride that cortisol wave too far – it's extremely detrimental to your health. And that got me to focus on hormones, why they're important. You know, hormones are biochemical messengers, messengers that send way, have way more impact on how we think and feel than how we think and feel affects our hormones. So it's something right. that's very important for well-being, and clearly it's extremely important for optimal physical performance as well. So as I learned more about these things, as I learned how to optimize my own hormonal profile, I realized what a huge impact it has on just feeling good, having a good mood each day, just having tremendous amounts of energy, just having more drive. And as I started speaking about these things at my courses, it quickly started taking over my business model because it was something that so many people were experiencing as well, but they didn't know why. They just thought it was normal to feel this way. So so as as I learned more, people wanted to learn more from what I had to say. And that, led, that eventually led to designing supplements to help people with their hormonal profile. Obviously, supplements are just that. They're supplements. They're not 90% of the picture, but they do play a pivotal role yeah. in optimizing things that maybe you're not going to get the full impact from just working out, from just optimal diets. You, you need that extra kick to maximize performance, to maximize what, being uh, at your best. Sorry to jump in there, mate, but at, at what point – because you said that like there's a lot around supplements and people sort of have this i guess working out people think oh i should be supplementing i should be on protein shakes at what point do you suggest people sort of really have a good look 
at it rather than first addressing their lifestyle choices that they're making. Sort of, where's that balance on supplementation and, and what's actually going on? Well, what you what you don't want to do is what you don't want to do is a kitchen sink approach where you just take everything you read about, and that's very common. Uh, you read Life Extension magazine, and every article sounds like something great to add to your regimen, and now you have fifty different products that you're taking. And who knows what the cross indications are there? Who knows if they're if there's even one one's blocking out the benefits of the other? And then of course it's really expensive. So I I believe a personalized approach is good. So one thing to do is just do some lab work, get some blood testing done, or get some saliva testing done. See what your hormonal profile is, and then if your estrogen is really high, then it would behoove you to take an estrogen. And and for our listeners, where do you go and get all that stuff taken care of? Like. If you want to get all these tests done, where do you well, do? I don't know where I don't, I don't know where I don't know where you would do I don't know where you would do it out there. In America, it's very simple. You go to a place such as directlabs.com. You can buy a, a profile sheet, which right. you take to a local lab wherever you live in the states, and then you get the results back. Now, someone like me, I can interpret the results myself. I don't have to pay someone to do that. Yeah. Most people, it would be in your best interest to pay someone, such as Dr. Thomas Inkledon, Dr. Nick Delgado. Dr. William Wong, there are several people that have been on my podcast, the Live Life Aggressively show, that are experts in this field. And frankly, that wouldn't be a bad place to start either. If I were someone in the U.S. and I just wasn't feeling my best, I would do a consult with someone such as Dr. Inkledon. And if you just type in his name in Google, his, his information will come up. And he's been on my show four or five times. Very interesting. And then someone like that, can he can walk you through all this life lab work he can look at your vitamins your mineral levels he can look at your amino acid levels he can look at your hormonal profile you fill out a, an extremely detailed questionnaire which gets into your lifestyle your sleep habits your ability to cope with stress and then from that he can put together a personalized approach just for you so right. it's not a guessing game right do you, do you think too many people game, yeah do you think too many people go down the guessing so, game path mate yeah they do because it's easy Right. You know, I mean, who doesn't want to take a testosterone booster? You just read about mine on my website. Go ahead and get that. So, I mean, and, I'm, and that's fine. I mean, when you have low testosterone, it's pretty obvious. It's not something you necessarily have to test to confirm. If you have no <laughs> sex drive, you're having a hard time getting stronger, your mood is off, you're, you're gaining belly fat, particularly in the stomach, you're in, in the pecs. Lower body, there's too much conversion of testosterone to estrogen. You have some pretty clear ideas of what's going on, but that's just one thing. You know you have low testosterone. Now let's see if you have you may have, you may have low pregnenolone, you may have low growth hormone, and then you have to ask yourself why do you have these things? Are you going through a lot of personal life stress? Maybe you just went through a divorce. Maybe yeah. you're having serious financial issues and you're not sleeping well at night. Maybe you're working too much. Those of us who like working out, we tend to do it too, too much. And when you work out too much, it doesn't increase sex hormones and GH. It lowers both. <laughs> so it's one of those things. If you work out and love to work out, have low testosterone levels. That's extreme. I think that's super interesting because in, especially in the sport of CrossFit where, where I, I try to compete at a fairly high level, I've actually never had this conversation with anybody talking about how much hormones actually plays a big factor and that you should go get a test to see where your hormone levels are at I, I really think that could be a big game changer in in the amount and in the getting the right supplements for your body in, in order to compete at the best and highest level yeah no question every athlete in America does this now, this is not something that is unknown information it's not something where I'm the only one who talk, talks about it now it's pretty common in the US 
and pretty much anyone who competes at high level does this. <clears throat> CrossFit is an example of of people where it's an example of a style of training which is very intense, and as a result, it's easy to overdo it and burn yourself out. Mm. So, in particular, when you're training that intensely, it's critical to see how it's impacting your hormonal profile. Yeah, mate. What What are the staying on hormones for a little while, and then and then we'll jump into your your solutions for them. But where what hormones are you seeing, or have you seen through your experience, the most issues around i know poliquin sort of charles poliquin who's who's big into into hormones and the different areas in the body and sort of targeting fat areas related to those hormones but what hormones do you see are the most important that people need to be addressing and the causes of most should we say health related issues out there well, I mean, DHEA is the most overlooked one. When people think about hormones, if they're men, they think about testosterone. If they're women, they think about estrogen. Yeah. And those are downstream metabolites. You want to look at master control hormones. What, what was the so first one you mentioned? leptin, insulin. GH was the first one Master control hormones? DHEA. DHEA. Right, yeah. We just lost you, sorry. Okay, and that's your ultimate stress management hormone. Right. And and that's that's basically where people. You guys still there? Yeah, yeah. It just it just broke up a little bit, mate. When you when when you started on that okay. on that bit. So yeah, car- sure. carry carry on with it. It's clear now. Okay, so I mean, DHEA is the ultimate stress management hormone. When it's depleted, it doesn't protect testosterone from cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone, and that's going to deplete your testosterone levels. So a good sign of whether you're in an anabolic state, which means you're conducive for muscle building, is if your DHEA levels are optimal. If your DHEA levels are depleted, it's it's going to have a negative impact on what comes next, which is androstenedione, testosterone. And then after testosterone, is DHT, which is also very important. It's a neurohormone as well as a prosexual hormone, and it also has estrogen blocking properties. So you don't want to look at hormones as one or two things. You have to look at the entire cascade. Right. And, th- and then there are so many other things to look at. There's insulin, which is very important. Insulin metabolism is your glucose metabolism. How sensitive is your insulin? Are you excreting a lot to get glucose to where it needs to go, or are you sensitive and only need a little bit? Right. You know, leptin is critical for fat loss. If you have, if anyone who's overweight has leptin resistance, we already know that. We don't have to test it. <laughs> you know, so just like anyone who's overweight has insulin resistance too. Right. Anyone who's overweight likely has high estrogen levels. You know, these things are obvious. Yeah. What this data does, though, is give you confirmation, and then proving things, you know, you're going in the right direction. So, I mean, Mike, they're, they're the issues, and obviously you had issues yourself, but why supplementation? How did it all get going, and what was your interest in that? And, of course, give us all the solutions that you've got. Well, supplements help you fill in the gaps. When you, wanna, when you want to work really hard as an entrepreneur, when you want to really push yourself in the gym, you're not going to be living this balanced life. You're going to be in an imbalanced state. So then you have to ask yourself, are there things that I can take that would be coping mechanisms or help me adapt to stress better, help keep my testosterone levels optimal when I'm in a really difficult training cycle, help me mitigate inflammation so I have better recovery, less soreness, give me the vitamins and minerals I need for optimal sleep so I'm getting the full recovery from perfect sleep each night. And the answer is yes. You know, As you study nutraceuticals and you study different herbs, vitamins, minerals, et cetera, you realize there's many things you can do. That for those of us who have active lifestyles, we don't want to dial things back. 
We don't want to work out twice a week when we when we have serious goals ahead of us where four is going to be better if we can right. get the optimal recovery. So there are certain herbs such as I mentioned DHEA. There are certain herbs that help improve your ability to cope with stress, which in turn help increase your natural levels of DHEA, which in effect helps mitigate the negatives of excess cortisol. So there's rhodiola, for example, and shilajit and ashwagandha. All three of those are in my adrenal rejuvenator, which is called RED, which stands for Real Energy Dominator. So this is something where it's going to rejuvenate your adrenal health, which will in turn give you a lot more energy. Also helps with improving your testosterone. Adrenal health is very important for testosterone. But adrenal health is also very important for women. So a lot of women that are burned out. From the same lifestyle situations that the men are in, something like this really helps with that. Right. So, mate, when you've been, or the the, the client, or the, the general public has been, they've done the the tests. There, it must be a minefield of supplements out there. They've done the test. They know what's up. They've done the blood paneling, like you said, and they've got some decent advice. How would people like? Why would people come and get? your products like what's unique about your products and what why do they need yours and how do they choose yours over someone else's etc etc yeah well, i mean number one mine work and that's that's something <laughs> a lot of supplement companies can't say you know, yeah. unequivocally it might work it might work extremely well if you look at the feedback of my testosterone booster there's not a natural testosterone booster out there that comes close because most supplement companies, they're not trying to make stuff that works. They're trying to make stuff that's going to sell well. So they put yeah. all their money into marketing. I put all my money into developing the highest quality products. And my theory is that if I make stuff that works, not only are gonna, people are going to buy it again, they're going to tell everyone they know about it. Exactly. So without spending a dime on advertising, I don't spend $1 on advertising. What I rely on is people buying the product, buying it again, and telling everyone they know. And it works extremely well. Now, all of my products sell very well, in particular my testosterone booster. So, I mean, the only thing with, with the Internet, you can research things extensively. Yeah. You look for people that have good reputations. You know, I have a very good reputation in the fitness industry. I'm endorsed by people like Charles Poliquin, and he endorses very few people. Right. So if you do a little bit of research, the cream rises to the crop. You're going to find the right people who are delivering the right stuff. Yeah. Absolutely, I think I think that's right. And obviously, you've you've been playing around with your supplement line, or you've been developing your supplement line for for a few years now. It's it's still a constant development, though, right? So, what can we? I mean, yeah, you can always make stuff better. Every time I see it, better. your line your line's growing. So, what where where is it going to go to? Sort of, what products are you looking at? Is there anything you can tell us that's exciting for 2017 or beyond? Yeah, you know, right now I have five products, and I don't have any strong desire to create anything else at this time because I feel like I have five clearly defined products that address five important categories and I'd rather just get people on those. I, 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 don't, I have no desire to develop a line of let's say 10, 20, 30 products. I'd rather keep it very focused, very niche. I don't want to do anything generic such as put my label on a vitamin C or B complex. I mean, those things are useful. I just don't care to go down that route. Yeah, right. So I'm yeah. constantly researching things, and I got a couple ideas: some joint health supplements, male performance stuff, stuff, stuff that helps men increase their sex drive and performance. You know, I've got I've I've got different ideas for those categories, but nothing resolute yet. Nothing that I'm willing to pull the trigger on at this time. Sure. And you know, that's the other thing I do is I spend a lot of time on research. I mean, I spent years developing, putting research in before my testosterone booster came out. 
You know, I'm never desperate to get something out there quickly just to make a buck. That's the other thing. As long as it takes to do it right is what you have to do when you want credibility. How do you do that? How do you research something like a testosterone booster? How do you test it? That must be quite an interesting phase that you go through. Obviously, there's probably some self-testing, but how, how does it work on the product development side? Well, you, I mean, you, you do self-testing for sure. So I look for things that are interesting and that make sense and I self-test. If I get good results, then I obviously know a lot of people in the fitness industry. And a lot of, a lot of people come to me for advice, and a lot of people are intrigued to try. People always ask me, what are you, what are you doing? I want to try whatever you're doing because they have that level of trust in me. So once I've established that something's beneficial to me, there's about a pool of 15 to 20 people that I know really well that are willing to try stuff that I'm on. And if they get really good results, then chances are it's going to be good for the general public. 15 to 20 people doesn't sound like a lot, but – if 20 different people are getting great results on something, chances are a lot of other people are going to get good results Absolutely. too. You, know, you don't have to have 10,000 people try something yeah, to yeah. know it works. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely right, mate. You're lucky. Obviously, you've got a strong name within the fitness community to, to have that. Speaking of, of, of fitness, mate, you used to teach a lot on, on kettlebells. Talk to us about a little bit of your training now. What do you do? Are you still teaching kettlebells and, and, and what's going on in that area? Yeah, I'm not teaching much right now. I mean, I, I'm in the, the fortunate position where I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do. You know, the supplement business is doing really well for me. I'm enjoying the podcast. So financially, I'm set with just those things. I don't have to do anything else. Right. Now, I'm not saying I'm never going to teach again. I may want to teach again at some point. I, I do enjoy teaching. I like traveling around the world as I did for many years. Yeah. I just don't like doing it all the time. <laughs> you know, So I, I wouldn't <laughs> mind picking and choosing a few places here and there. So we'll see what happens. But in terms of my own workouts, I use kettlebells a lot. I'm a big fan of kettlebells. That's why I got into it and, and built a business, starting off a very successful kettlebell-based business. So it's always going to be something I that's part of my workout. But I'm also doing some powerlifting right now. I'm, I've made some really good progress with the, with the deadlift last year. My barbell squat's doing really well. And I don't do this necessarily to compete, although I may do that at some point. But right now, it's just for fun. Cool. So I basically combine kettlebells, barbell work. I do sprinting. I do weight vest walks for conditioning. Cool. I do a lot of hiking. I just like being physically active. Yeah. I think it's important to exercise every day, but not necessarily do intense weight training every day. Yeah. But you should be active. Talking I about the, the, the go ahead, go ahead. The, the physical aspect of it, but what about the diet aspect of it? How do you eat? How does your daily routine look like with that kind of? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been on a vegan plant-based diet since I was 15, so now I'm 43 oh. now, so I've been eating that way for a long time, and I got into it for ethical reasons, and then as time progressed, I realized that it works really well for me for energy, for workout recovery, You know, now I'm deadlifting more than I ever have, I deadlifted 256 kilo last year, no problem, wow. and that's nearly three times my body weight, Easy. You know, I'm squatting, squatting like 210 kilo, and it's coming along nicely. Pressing wow. double forty-four kettlebells, d d double forty-four kilo kettlebells for reps easily, you know. So I, I continue to get stronger as I get older, and diet is definitely an important component of that. So I'm, I'm focused on eating real food. So, so whatever diet paradigm you follow, whether it's the paleo diet, you know, I don't care what it is. Focus on real food, yeah. not packaged food, not junk food. Don't overly rely on protein powders. You know, that's one thing a lot of people out here Supplements, do is yeah. they're just, yeah, they're just down in protein shakes all day long. You're not going to get the same benefits doing that as you will from real food, real meals. Take your time digesting slowly. 
I like longer stretches in between meals personally, yeah. so about four hours or so. Some people do fine with six meals a day, frequent meals. Some people like to do intermittent fasting. You don't know until you try it. No, you have to but test it out. Find, you do. Once you find something that works for you, though, then and that you can sustain, what, what matters is what can you do for the rest of your life. So when you're eating a certain way, it's one thing if you can do it for 90 days for a particular goal, and that's all fine and good. But what can you do that you can sustain indefinitely? I've been eating the way I eat for you know over 25 years. So obviously, I can sustain this. Yeah. I've done it without any effort at this point. Just like training, the way I train, I can sustain that too. So it's all important. You know, sleep is the other category that's critical, and most people are sleep deprived. A lot mm-hmm. of trainers are so sleep deprived that they're relying on energy drinks. They're drinking large amounts of coffee every day to get through the day. So you're not necessarily embodying health. One thing I will tell you, though, as you get older is that sleep becomes a lot more important. You know, when I was in my 20s, you sleep five hours a night. You could go out drinking, sleep five hours a night. You go get a good workout in the next day. Those days are long gone. Not that I would want them back. (laughs) But but now now I need my sleep. You know, I need a good seven to eight hours every night, especially when I'm training really hard. If if my sleep is off for whatever reason, a couple days, that really impacts your your well-being as well as your training performance. Yeah, maybe talk to us about how sleep influences the testosterone levels. Well, I mean, you produce testosterone largely when you sleep. You produce growth hormone when you sleep. So if you don't sleep, you're not producing testosterone. And you also, not only the sex hormones, but you also improve insulin sensitivity as well as leptin sensitivity while you're sleeping. So again, if you don't get optimal sleep, you're not getting those benefits either. Sleep is rejuvenation. So when you're in that deep sleep state, a lot of positive things are happening. And there's nothing that takes the place of sleep. You can't take a pill. You can't take a supplement. You can't go to a hyperbaric chamber for an hour. (laughs) You can't get IV therapy. None of these things are going to take the place of optimal sleep. (laughs) Absolutely. Mike, let's just go back a little bit to veganism because you've obviously been following it for for a long time. It's something that's quite interesting to me. Why? Because of the amount of people that are sort of – I guess some people are turning towards it for the right reasons, for ethical reasons, you know. But a lot of people seem to be turning towards a vegan diet because, I, I, I don't know, more of fashion trend. What's your sure. thoughts on that? And sort of, what are you seeing people able to sustain it? Or is it just like, like you say, like 60 days and then they can't do it anymore? Yeah, I mean, and that's not isolated to a vegan diet. That's also very common with the paleo diet where it's fashionable for a while. Someone tries it and they realize, you know what, I miss bread, and they go right back to whatever they were doing before that. (laughs) So that tends to be common. Now, can you sustain it? The only way you can sustain anything is if you feel great doing it. So if you eat a diet and you don't feel good, you're not going to be able to sustain it. I think if you do it right, I I don't know if everyone can do a vegan diet. I don't know. You know, I don't know how everyone feels. I know I can do it. I know it works extremely well for me. As for others, they're only going to know if it works for them until they actually try it. You, yeah. you try it out. You experiment with it. You focus on whole food sources. You don't focus on fake meats and processed foods and junk like that. You make sure to get enough calories in, nuts and seeds, sweet potatoes. I like rice. White rice is, I even like as well because it's good for digestion. Anyway, you you make sure to get the right volume of food. You make sure to get a good balance of all three macronutrients. It doesn't have to be in any specific ratio. Just have all three at each meal. 
and see how you feel. If yeah. you feel good for 30 days, try it for 90 days. If you feel good for 90 days, chances are you're going to feel good indefinitely. You may have to tweak things a little bit. You may realize certain foods work better for you than others. I tend to do better with more fat in my diet than some other people do. I like right. to have maybe, if we were going to measure it, it would probably be, I don't know, 40%. But I like to have a good amount of fat in my diet, especially when I'm training really heavy. Yeah. And fat is important for sex hormones as well. It's important for pregnenolone all the way down to testosterone. What? And I just find that I feel stronger when I have a good amount of fat on my diet. Other people, not so much. They, they actually feel great on higher carbohydrates than I would feel optimal with. Yeah. So again, it's it's a bit of an experiment here. And so it takes a certain level of patience. And a lot of people are extremely impatient, especially in the U.S. Everybody wants results in 90 days. <laughs> if someone, someone, someone's been obese for 20 years and they want to get back to what they looked like when they were 20 in three months. And that's just not going to happen. No. It's totally unrealistic. <laughs> and you can make great strides in 90 days, which should be motivating to allow you to continue down it. But, I, I, I mean, I come from a much different approach. Like, for example, I don't understand why men don't want to be strong and powerful. Why is that something that I have been – why do I have to even come along and motivate you to want to be strong and fit. <laughs> to me, that's so, that that is something that as a man you should want yeah. and should be actively going after. Yeah. So that that's kind of my mental take on the whole thing. You can imagine how popular that is with the average person. But yeah, no worry. <laughs> my, my, my my attitude is, come on, why is this something I have to tell you is important? This should be obvious to you. It should be something you go after. Yeah. What, mate, you, you obviously, you've alluded to it a, f a few times, once with the supplements, now with a uh, little bit with training now and, and with food, sure. about sort of the state of people in the world right now. And we're going through a super interesting time where obesity yeah. is at, at an all-time high, uh, processed food is just so readily available and cheap. What's your, yeah. sort of, give us a little bit more of an insight to, 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 your, to your outlook on the state and what people should actually be addressing in their life and is there a little bit of an imbalance going on here well there's a real disconnect going on right now because never in the history of the human race have we ever had this much information on optimal eating training supplementation you name it anything to do with performance enhancement yeah. in las vegas we have vitamin iv therapy places everywhere now we have uh, cryo chambers everywhere now, you know, all of the uh, float chambers, all of these different things to improve health and performance and so forth, right? Yeah. Yet, I've never seen people this obese before. When I was a teenager, when I was in high school, the people that we thought obese then would not be considered obese now. <laughs> you know, it's no one was 100 pounds overweight or 50 kilo overweight when I was a young man. You just didn't see it. It was extremely rare. Now it's so common, it's scary. Every time I walk out the door, I see extreme levels of obesity, and people are just okay with it. They're yeah. like, well, this is normal, and that just boggles the mind. So on one hand, I'm positive with all the great information I see out there, and I see more people getting into training, and I think CrossFit deserves a lot of credit for attracting women in particular into strength training yeah. because women always felt that they were going to be look like Hercules. They were going to get really big and muscular if they lifted weights. Yeah. And there's a lot of really good-looking girls who do CrossFit, and that opened up a lot of eyes for other women to get involved with strength training in some shape or another. Yeah. So on one hand, I'm very positive about that trend and, and, some, and other trends that are attracting people for physical fitness. But the masses are not taking heed to the message, at least in the U.S. and other countries I've visited. So I don't really know where it's going. It's, it's, 
if I had a bet on it, believe me, I wouldn't bet on an epidemic of fitness happening anytime soon. <laughs> I would bet on I would bet on morbid obesity continuing to go up, and that's a pretty scary thing. Huh, okay, we have a pretty big question for you. If you were the sure. president, what would be the approach to curing obesity? Well, I mean, if I were the president, I think everyone over here would be a lot happier than we are with our president. That's not because I'm the most qualified candidate. It's more of his lack of qualification, so I'll, I'll preface it with that. But, you know, that's a tough question. That's a really tough question because it kind of goes back to what I said about why do we have to motivate men to want to be strong and powerful? Yeah. You know, why do we why do we have to motivate people that are extremely overweight to lose weight? Isn't that something they should want to? And why do we have to motivate people to not get to that state? So it's it's kind of like what do we have to motivate people to get a job and pay their bills? You know, is that something that we should have to motivate people to? It's like no, those are things you should have to do. So I think I think what you have to do is address the larger questions like why are these people overweight in the first place? Why yeah. are they addicted to food? What is provoking this behavior? Why are they self-medicating with food? And those are the questions we have to get to. And the simple answer to that is a lot of people just aren't happy. They're not happy at all. They're not happy with their lives. They're not happy with their jobs. So as a result, they gravitate towards the easiest exit Jeez. from unhappiness, which is medicating with food. Yeah. Some people, I mean, their lunch break during the day, that's the highlight of their day. Mm, their, the meal crazy. they're going to have when they get home, that's the highlight of their day. Yeah. So I think the real question to ask is why are so many people so unhappy and what can we do about that? Yeah. That's one thing. Now, the other part of the equation is, is that we have to accept the reality that, like Marcus just said, junk food is extremely cheap. It's way cheaper than real food, than healthy food. So for a lot of people – They're going to gravitate towards what's cheap. Yeah. And then also what happens is when you have eaten processed food for a long time, you become very addicted to it. And also it makes regular food taste like chalk because your taste buds are so desensitized now <laughs> that you need this over-the-top experience to feel like you're enjoying food. Yeah. Like, for example, with myself, I'm very sensitive to sugar because I'm not a big sugar person. So if I eat blueberries or blackberries, that actually – That actually takes care of whatever sweet tooth I may have. Now, most people, they have to put stevia on their fruits. They have to put sugar on it because the fruit itself is not sweet enough because they're so desensitized. Yeah. So we have to address the fact that a lot of food manufacturers are purposely making food to be addictive because the more people consume, the more money they make. That's one big problem right there. And then the other part of the equation is, is why are people gravitating towards this? Why are they so unhappy? Because all of these different themes that people try to push out, it's like, hey, go walk a mile each day. That's not going to do jack, you know, for what most people eat. You know, that's not going to put a no. dent in the, in the. I mean, you can walk 10 miles a day. It's not going to put a dent into what people are eating. Uh, Because exercise is difficult. Eating a lot of junk food isn't. So it's always going to be easy to <laughs> overindulge in one and not do enough of the other. Absolutely. So it's 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 tough. I think what we have to do is get get away from are I'm definitely capitalist but in some ways capitalism is negative because it puts profit first and health secondary and that's why there are a lot of subsidies for few food manufacturers out there which is why junk food and, and things of that nature are so inexpensive which artificially makes real food look expensive so we have to basically get 
our agricultural system back to a place where it's about producing the highest quality food possible because we want a healthy population rather than producing garbage to make to maximize profits so someone's stock portfolio looks better each month <laughs> i think that's that's a big part of it but mike where where do you think it's going because obviously it's got it's got quite bad in the last 10 years and what what will it look like in in five years time we're gonna have even more of these issues are we gonna have you know because it's quite funny as well like like we were saying pre-show that gym memberships the price of a gym membership is more accessible than before but the food is cheaper so where where do you see sort of health on the whole and if you were that president in five years time i mean it's it's pretty scary where it's most likely going to go, right? Yeah. I'm, I, I am a betting man. I, I gamble <laughs> a little bit here and there. I do some sports betting, and I do so I play blackjack. And believe me, I end up losing a lot in those games. But if I, <laughs> if I, if I could bet $100,000 that in five years people are going to be much better than they are right now, I would put that down without hesitation. Yeah. And I would hope that <laughs> – it, 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 it saddens me in some extent to be that confident in that, but it's just a reality. Why would anything change when – no one sees it as a real problem right now. That's the yeah. real thing. I mean, someone walking around who's 100 pounds overweight, you would think that they see it as a problem. But a lot of people don't. Like in America right now, we have this whole thing called – we have this whole discussion on fat shaming, right? Like you should never make fun of fat people. You should, ne- you should never tell someone they're overweight. It's offensive to say someone's fat, et cetera, and so forth. Now, I'm not saying you should be insensitive and go out there and bully fat people. You should, I'm not going to walk <laughs> around and you know, make fun of fat people, ridicule fat people, okay? But at the same time, if if I have a family member that's 50 pounds overweight and me telling him or her that they're overweight is offensive to that person, that's the wrong focus. They shouldn't be offended that someone is pointing out the obvious. They should be like, you know what? You're right. Let me me do something about it. So instead of getting people focused on being healthy, now we're focused on political correctness. Where it's like, no, 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 it's not, it's not polite to tell fat people they're overweight. It's not polite to tell someone they should lose some weight. So we're, we're just going to teach people to love themselves instead. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's this, this ridiculous, this uh, ridiculous society we're becoming. And I think that's why Trump became our president is because people are so fed up with political correctness yeah. that every time he said something politically incorrect, people are like, you know what, let's get this guy in there. Because we're so fed up with all of this walking on eggshells egg lifestyle we have where no one can say anything anymore because, God forbid, someone may get offended by it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you a story. There's a, there's a restaurant in Las Vegas. It's on Fremont Street. The name of it escapes me right now. But they have a sign on it that says, if you weigh 350 pounds, you can eat here for free. Okay, the place <laughs> is called – the place is called Heart Attack Grill. Now, no the way. guy who started this restaurant, he did it as an experiment. He said, I'm going to open up a restaurant and call it a Heart Attack Grill. I'm even going to tell people that you may have a heart attack if you eat here. <laughs> and I bet people are still going to want to eat here in droves. Yeah. And sadly enough, that restaurant is very successful. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's unreal. It's, uh, it's a tough situation, but, mate, on to more positive things. Let's close out and talk a little bit about what you're doing on, on, on your podcast because, as we said there at the start, you're almost 200 episodes in. Give us a little bit of a, a, a chat about the, 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 the podcast that, that you guys put together, the Live Life Aggressively show. Yeah, I mean, it basically started off with 
a discussion I had with my buddy Sincere Hogan. He's my co-host, and he's he's also a kettlebell instructor, a fitness guy. So he and I would teach workshops here and there, and I always enjoy talking to him. He's very irreverent. I'm very irreverent. So I say, look, I think it would be cool if we started a podcast. You and I have always have really good conversations, so we could do a show where it's us. We bring on guests. We just bring on anyone that we find interesting regardless of the topic. So fitness is clearly a cornerstone of the show. We have a lot of fitness people come on, different doctors and strength coaches, et cetera, and that's something that's always going to be part of the show. But we also go into different territories. Like, for example, we had a guy named Ty Ritter on the show who runs an organization called Project Child Save, and he's a former military guy with a team of former operators who go into different countries around the world and rescue children from sex slavery if necessary by the barrel of a gun. So they, they may go in guns blazing, oh, wow. kill some bad guys, kill some bad guys to get kids out of this deplorable situation. So wow. you can imagine, extremely interesting guy to talk to, very tough topic, but a very important one for people to be aware of. So I mean, we've had people like that on the show. We've had people come on and, and talk about PTSD with military and what we can do to help them out. Wow. So basically, I read a lot, right? I probably read about a book a week. And right. anytime I'm reading a book, regardless of the topic, if it's something that is interesting to me, I reach out to the author and invite him or her to come on the show. And most of the time, they're amenable to that. So it's, it's a really interesting world we live in now where you can actually read a book and then have a conversation with that author maybe the next week. Right. Well, that's uh, – and, and that's – I mean, getting that information and, and I guess – connecting with those people also helps not only you but your audience to sort of get a bigger picture of what's going on as well yeah no no doubt and i feel like the show is my way of giving back to society as well it's you know going back to this question of how do we help people how do we how do we mitigate this obesity problem how do we take it on head first well one thing that'll really help is giving people really good information because a lot of people are confused there's so many options out there and when you have so many options, you tend to choke on making a decision. Because let, let's say I have 10 options and I pick one. Inevitably, I'm going to feel like one of the other nine options may be better. So I'm going to stop and switch to that. So if I have one or two options, it's easy to make a decision. But people have so many options out there, it's extremely difficult to make a decision and then commit to it long enough to reap the benefits. Yeah. So one thing we like to do with the show is bring on legitimate experts so that maybe someone listening can find someone they resonate with and then they want to work with that person. Absolutely. Just give really good, legitimate information that can empower people to help make these decisions to get them on the right track. What, uh, do you listen to any podcasts, mate? You say you read a lot of books, a book a week. Do you listen to other people's podcasts and within the fitness yeah, industry? Yeah, I listen to a few. What's your favorite? Like, what a, One of my mentors, Dr. Nick Delgado, he started doing a podcast. I was on his show. I'm not sure if any of the episodes are live yet. I think he, I think he wants to get five or six in the bank before he releases the first one. He's coming out with the show. And for for anyone listening that's really interested in hormone optimization, check out Dr. Nick Delgado. His website is DelgadoProtocol.com. He's extremely well versed in hormone optimization and very interesting. And he delivers it in a very interesting manner. And he also lives it. He embodies it. He, this guy's in his 60s, and he's still ripped to the bone. <laughs> he does these strength endurance workouts where he, he lifts two 45-pound dumbbells. He curls and presses 45-pound dumbbells over 10,000 times without stopping. So he's got some serious strength endurance. 
So he's a really interesting guy. I like his show quite a bit. I like his YouTube channel where he interviews quite a few people. Cool. I, I like Joe Rogan's show. I don't listen to it all the time, but whatever he has a guest on that resonates with me, I'll listen to it. Yeah. And then I, I listen. I, a lot of the shows I listen to don't have anything to do with fitness. They tend to be a departure. Like okay. I'm really into music, right? I'm a big fan of different genres of music. Oh, so okay. I listen to Jamie Josta's podcast. I listen to Eddie Trunk's podcast. A lot of the shows I listen to are more recreational. Very cool. Very cool. Mate, that's that's awesome. Listen, we've taken a, f- a fair amount of your time, and I think you've given our listeners some incredible information, and we could only encourage them to go and uh, go and check out your website. All the supplements are available on the site, are they, mate? Yeah, they are. And then for anyone who's interested in hormone optimization, I have an eight-hour lecture series that they can download MP3 file. Right. And they can use oh. they can use coupon code LLA to get ten percent off. Awesome. So it's just oh, thank if you, you look under I think it's under lectures or or it's under products. Yeah. But it's just a eight hours of very intense material, and then you can just listen to it at your own pace, and that'll give you a very strong introduction to this whole field and why it's important. So yeah. they can just go to MikeMahler.com. They can yeah. go to AggressiveStrength.com as well. And that'll get you to my website where all the supplements are there, information yeah. on supplements. Every podcast we've ever done is archived there. And then just tons of articles on a variety of topics, all things fitness, all things fitness there. Yeah, awesome. it's uh, it's decent. And, and I've actually – I did. I went ahead and downloaded that uh, one of one of your lecture series, How to Make Six Figures as a Fitness Professional, in about about six oh, or okay, seven good. years ago when it first came out. And it's, uh, it's yeah, super good yeah, content. Right. So folks should definitely check that other one out, yeah. the uh, the hormone optimization. MikeMahler.com uh, forward slash lectures is where you can find that. So – yeah, and uh, all all the supplements are there as well, Mike. So that's cool. People can check it out. But uh, mate, we want to thank you for, for for coming back on the show, and hopefully it's not uh, it's not two years before before we catch up again. That's a that's a that's a long time between between yeah, chats. Yeah, I hope to uh, hope to hope to see you in Vegas at some time, or who knows, I may be back in that part of the world at some time. Absolutely, mate. We appreciate your time, and and thanks a lot for for everything that you put out for there, for everything that you shared. I encourage people to listen to the Live Life Aggressively podcast. It's, it's great information, and uh, thanks for keeping it real with us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Great talking to you guys. And yeah, you thanks, have excellent mate. information as well, so keep up the great work. Cheers, mate. We'll chat to you soon. Thank you. All right. You take care. Thank Cheers. you. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for tuning into this episode of the podcast, folks, and I do hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks a lot to Mike. As always, some really useful stuff there. Remember, hop over to iTunes, rate and review the podcast, and we'll send you a bag of some Street Pio goodies. Until next time, take care.